Hey, spooky people, Megan here. Before we get to today's episode, I want to ask you for a favor. Like many podcasts, we are an independent production and are working hard to grow our audience. If you're enjoying the show, you can help us by taking a few seconds of your time to hit that subscribe or follow button and by leaving us a rating, or if you're feeling really fancy, a review. As always, thanks for listening, and now on to the episode. This is really bumming me out right now. (laughs) All right, well, that's it for episode eight. (laughs) Relive all of your childhood trauma right now and imagine the trauma your child's going to experience. Oh, no. Super fun times. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. Hello, I'm Megan. And I'm Paige. And you are listening to episode eight of Spooky Science Sisters. And today uh, we are super excited to be talking to you about the boogeyman. But first, like we always do, we're going to start with a little something spooky. So Paige, um, do you have something spooky to share today? I don't think I've had anything happen in the last couple of weeks. I was trying to think earlier today and I can't think of anything, Uh, but I do have two spooky stories that happened to me again as a child, because apparently that's when everything happened to me um, that are kind of related to our topic today. So I thought, why not share Um, the first both of these, well, I guess one of them has like a decent explanation. So um, the first one, and I, I don't know if I've told you this one before, Megan, but basically I was in my living room one night playing DDR and where I grew up. <laughs> <laughs> dance, dance revolution, baby. <laughs> the most early 2000s <laughs> sentence that's ever been <laughs> said. <laughs> I wish I still had that game. Yeah. Um But yeah, so I'm playing in our living room and the house that I grew up in, we had like this big bay window in the front. So there's a bay window on like my left side and then on my right is just like a smaller window. And I'm sitting there playing and I thought I saw something go like past the bay window. And I looked out there. I didn't see anything. So I went back to playing. I thought I saw it again. Went back out again. Looked around. Didn't see anything. So I just got back to my game. Sitting there dancing. And all of a sudden, I see something pop up in the window to my right, and I look, (laughs) and it's freaking Jason from Friday the 13th (laughs) standing outside of my window. And I don't remember how old I was, but I remember this moment so vividly. I ran downstairs, like, in, like, almost in tears, shaking, and I'm like, mom, mom, And tell her about this. And like they come up and check and there really wasn't anything up there. And basically, I'm just telling you this because it was like probably one of the scariest things that's ever happened to me. I thought it was over. (laughs) Um, And come to find out, it was like a neighbor boy thought he was being funny. He came over and apologized later. So that was the first Oh, it was actually somebody. Okay. Yes. They were just messing around. And I think they thought it was like Steven in the living room, uh, my brother. Um, And... Yeah, like it was me. So they apparently went home and their parents told them they had to come apologize. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, just had to share that one. But then the other one, which is another really scary thing that happened to me and I don't really have an explanation for. Um, I had like those big stuffed animals that you can win at like the carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a big, I think it was like a big stuffed Tweety bird. And then I also had like a big stuffed purple dog <laughs> and I'm <laughs> sleeping one night, wake up. And I would say it was pretty or like pretty darn early the next morning. So like two, maybe three o'clock in the morning, if that. And I wake up and I'm looking across my room and there, what, there sat my two stuffed animals. Only as I stared at it, I would swear it was moving. Like, oh my God. I, and like, I was so certain that it was moving that I like wanted to scream and like have my parents come look, but I was too afraid that this figure or this person or whatever it was in my room would know I was awake if I screamed. (sighs) So I fucking sat there until my father woke up in the morning to go to work, just (laughs) staring at the corner of my room. Jesus Christ. Thinking something was like in there with me. Um, Yeah. But like, could you see it the whole time or was it just like, Oh, it was there the entire time. But like, I'm convinced it was just like, I think it was just my stuffed animals, but like several times I thought I saw it moving. So, you know, probably it was just my like mind playing tricks on me, but (laughs) right. Like you were half awake when you initially saw it and right. Yeah. just couldn't couldn't shake it or whatever yeah just literally sat in my bed all night staring at this damn thing yeah because i was initially gonna say like oh that just sounds like sleep paralysis because people say you know they see shadow figures or whatever but yeah yeah so who knows maybe it was the boogeyman (laughs) oh um that's crazy i have done well, I haven't stayed up all night because of it, but I've done similar things where like um where there's been like a massive pile of laundry like on a chair <laughs> in <Yes>. my room. <laughs> and then you look over and you're like, "Oh my god, <laughs> someone is sitting there." <laughs> I one time took a shower before school and had like a towel on my head. Mm-hmm. Um and as I was walking down the stairs, I like turned just a little bit, just enough for the towel to like kind of like lag behind my head. Fortunately, I was the only person home because it scared me so bad that I screamed and like tripped down the stairs. Awesome. (laughs) I'm only slightly paranoid. A little bit, a little bit jumpy. (laughs) So anyway, anything spooky happened to you? Um, Nothing specific spooky um yeah nothing specific spooky here's a I th- we've really quieted it down around here like maybe i've just you know gotten i've relaxed about spooky stuff so i'm not as on high alert um but yeah my only thing for today was just admitting because like because we're talking about the boogeyman and um which you know i think most people would agree is not real um i was going to admit that i like still 100 percent if i'm like downstairs in the lower level of our house um or especially like in our old house when i was in the basement and i like turn off the lights and head up the stairs like i 
fucking book it up the stairs every time. <laughs> <laughs> just like i don't know i like and i know every i know it's a common like i know everybody feels it so it, it must just be some like it triggers some sort of like i don't know animal reflex or whatever in your brain to be like oh gotta get out of the dark like we don't know what's out there like <laughs> as if you weren't just in the room right as if i wasn't open. like just right there but it's like the second you turn out the light it's like nope it's coming for me like i need to run <laughs> i am absolutely afraid of the dark and i'm not afraid to <laughs> yeah and i know it's it, it's some like i'm sure it's some like i don't know evolutionary whatever remnant trying to convince you like in your animal brain like you need to stay in the light and be safe (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so that was that was my only thing um is that i'm still a little bit paranoid that something's gonna chase me up the stairs at the end of the night (laughs) 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 steven um though is he is like he's crazy paranoid about um like somebody or something getting him while he's in the shower. Oh, me too. Like he's really weird about it. Like he yeah, he does not yeah. And I I mean it freaks me. Like I don't, you know, I don't love it. Like I've definitely had people come into the bathroom when I've been um showering. Um, and I guess by people, I mean, like, when I was little, my parents are like, <laughs> now my husband. It's not like I have ran- regularly random have people, people coming just in and walking out of the bathroom. The bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, anyway. People are um, just walking in while I'm taking a Yeah, shower. all the time. Like, this isn't happening to you? No. Um, <laughs> no, but I... Yeah, like I've, you know, I don't like it. I've been surprised before. But yeah, he's like, he's really paranoid. Like if he is by himself, like he'll like shut the bathroom door. He'll um, like lock the doors of the house and stuff. Like he does not want to get surprised. Oh, I'm the the complete opposite. If I'm home alone, I need to shower with like a crack in the shower curtain so I can see out and the door open oh okay yeah like i need to but i also don't like sleeping with my door closed i don't don't know why (laughs) i guess it's just like if something's going on out there i want to know about it yeah right now yeah um (laughs) for fire safety they say that you should sleep with your door closed yeah well we sleep with ours open but clearly i'm more afraid of other things (laughs) (laughs) rather than the actual threat that might be there um yeah but he's he's really he's really nuts about that and he also like he doesn't like it that like i pull our shower curtain closed after it's been used i may or may not check your shower every time I go in there. Oh my God. You guys are the same. Yeah. So he like, he does not like that. Like he wants it to be slightly open. So he knows for sure that there's nobody in there. And I'm like, no, I don't want it to get mildewy. I want it to be pulled closed. But yeah. He's, he's really weird about that. We definitely had a time like early on we were living together where we got in the habit of like, just trying to scare each other. When we were in the shower, like, like, one of us did it accidentally, and then, you know, there was payback, and, yeah, then it just, like, got out of hand, because I was like, I cannot live in fear in my own house. 
I out of all <laughs> out of my ridiculous fear of somebody being behind the shower curtain, the only thing that's ever been behind a shower curtain that has scared the living shit out of me was that damn mask. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, listeners, um, if you have not, you need to watch the movie Creep. And it is a it's a found footage horror movie um, that's on, I think it's on Netflix. Netflix, right? Yeah. And there's a Creep. Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Creep 2 as well. They're both they're both good, but the first one is just like especially great. And you know, Creep is the perfect title for it because uh, it is it's so creepy and weird, but without trying to be too spoilery, there's a point where one of the characters wears this like werewolf or wolf head mask. <laughs> and just acts like a total weirdo in it. Um, so Steven and I happened to like be, I forget if we were somewhere or if we ordered it online, but we ordered one and then we've spent the last couple years like trading it back and forth with Paige and Elliot. Like one of us will hide it in the other's house or belongings when we see each other. <laughs> so at one point, <laughs> Stephen left it in their shower <laughs> at their apartment. <laughs> so that scared. way when Paige went <laughs> to clean it, <laughs> it would scare, but it like it scared you repeatedly, right? Like you kept leaving it in there and then it scared you again. <laughs> yeah, it scared me two times. And the second time I was like, all right. <laughs> I gotta Not, move this now. This needs to move. This can't happen a third time. <laughs> um, okay. Well, anyway, that movie's great, though. So <laughs> go watch it if you have not, because it's excellent. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. All right. So that's something spooky. And I think we can jump into the boogeyman now. The boogeyman. Yay. All right. Sounds good. Um, all right. So the boogeyman. The boogeyman, he's kind of been around a long time. 
Uh, stories about the boogeyman date back to the 16th century, but many people believe that the boogeyman maybe was along even or was around long before that. Um, because there are so many different boogeymen and there are different stories from so many different cultures and so many different areas. Um, and really the boogeyman is everywhere. It makes it pretty hard to track down the exact origin story. Um, but like I said, it definitely been around since the 16th century and probably before that even, um, some psychologists believe that the boogeyman dates back to the prehistoric times that and think that they used the boogeyman to scare children from leaving their group. Makes sense to me. <laughs> yeah, I would be scared to leave the group if the boogeyman was going to come after me. I probably me. didn't need the boogeyman <laughs> to discourage me from leaving the safety of the group. Um, yeah, and I um, had written in my notes that I had read that it potentially originated in Scotland, but yeah, like, like you added that you saw Germany as well. So, um, so I think it's kind of all over, um, as terms of where it actually came from, but I think primarily they think it's like probably European in origin, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I read as well. Okay. Um, yeah. So the, one thing that I found was interesting is that the the actual name Boogeyman um, potentially tells you something about like where the term may have come from or kind of how different cultures view the Boogeyman. Um, so I always spelled it B-O-O-G-E-Y-M-A-N, um, but a lot of times you'll see it spelled... Um, B-O-G-E-Y-M-A-N. So just one O. So it's more like bogeyman. Um, but I think it's just like that's like bogey is like the the British word or whatever. And and boogie is the or booger is the American um, version of the same word. Um, so it's and, really the booger man. So it's really the booger man. Yeah. And it, <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's derived from the word. I think it's boga or booga. Um, which is a Middle English word, which means something frightening, or it can also mean scarecrow. Um, but it's also potentially related or from the Middle English word for beetle. And there are some stories about the boogeyman um, that like depict him as like having insect-like qualities. Um, sometimes you'll also see it as buggy man and people think that that might actually come from uh during the black plague there'd be people that they called buggy men who would come around with like a cart or a buggy to collect people's dead so it's like literally the person that you see in monty python <laughs> going around saying bring out your dead um but that, that oh page come <laughs> on um <laughs> but that is a buggy man and they would actually often be people who were sick with the plague. Um, so they would like shroud themselves or cover themselves so that people couldn't see like the sores or the buboes on their bodies. Um, and, you know, they'd probably be pretty sick. Uh, so that's potentially like you wouldn't want the buggy man to come 
and get you because that would mean, you know, that you were dead <laughs> from so, the plague. I have a stupid question that you're probably going to actually you might actually be upset with me for even asking um (laughs) so (laughs) i have seen the nightmare before christmas and i've seen it Uh uh, you know several times but i've i've only seen it like once i think in my adult Uh life so i can't say that i remember it super well what do you mean you've only seen it once in your adult life that's the part i thought you were going to get upset about like you Uh don't watch it every year what is wrong with you I sometimes it doesn't here it doesn't always make it on the list, Megan. Okay. Whatever. That should be like number like maybe number three maximum <laughs> down well, on the list. I failed you. <laughs> Halloween town makes it every year, but <laughs> not good lord, Paige. <laughs> <laughs> but I read and I just don't remember this and mm-hmm. hopefully this isn't like a huge part of the movie. But that, um, I mean, if people don't know what happens in the nightmare before Christmas, oh, no, no, I just mean like, hopefully, I'm not forgetting something that I should oh, remember. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, that like the Oogie Boogie Man yeah. is like actually supposed to be like full of bugs. Oh, yeah, he's made of bugs. I didn't remember that, but I read it while I was doing research for this, and I was like, ah, the buggy man, yeah, he's like literally just. Yeah, like filled up with bugs. Um, although buggy, like buggy man, actually refers, I think, sp- like to a buggy, like to a cart. Well, I'm sorry. I'm just saying, like, so you had said that the Middle English word. Um, oh yeah, that it could also be beetle. related. Yes, yeah, to and the I had word put for, bug. For beetle. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Um, which is great. So the yeah. So I mean, just like the etymology behind. The word boogeyman is is pretty fascinating. Um, so one other one that I wanted to mention was that in Southeast Asia um, and in Indonesia in particular, um, they think that they use the term boogeyman to refer to um, the the boogies or the boogeyman pirates um, that were you know pirates that that plagued and attacked early English and Dutch trading ships so you know people coming from the east what are they called east india trading company um whatever one that shows up in the pirates of the caribbean franchise um but uh, and a lot of people thought like oh that's where the term boogeyman came from but that actually um postdates the earliest reference to a boogeyman so that's not that's not the origin of the term generally um but it's certainly for people in indonesia it is so yeah so i don't know so the so the name itself boogeyman is interesting and we'll talk a little bit more about it later but yeah all right so what does the boogeyman do Paige? (laughs) um so the easiest way because there are so many different boogeymen uh the easiest way to kind of recognize something as a boogeyman is by understanding how it interacts with children. So the one thing that's common between all the boogeymen um is that it is used by parents to get their children to behave or it is used in some way to uh correct a child who is misbehaving. Uh boogeyman is most commonly known for known for hiding in children's rooms, taking children and then in some regions they even eat children. <laughs> Which I didn't, I don't, I don't remember being afraid of the boogeyman eating me when I was younger. I yeah, think I don't just think just like the fear I, of him being there. 
Yeah, I don't think that I like. Yeah, that my I don't think my fear had anything to do with being eaten. <laughs> right. <laughs> um. Yeah, and I think this is an interesting topic to do because most of what we've done so far in the podcast has been topics um, related to beans or paranormal things um, or yeah that that people think are actually real and I would say that that most adults probably don't at least in American culture don't believe that there's a boogeyman out there like stealing and or eating children. Um, but like Paige said, there are so many of them. So it's this, it's this very common feature that shows up in the folklore of like basically every culture <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's interesting to get to take a look at it, like from an anthropological standpoint, um, to see like why so many parents are perpetuating this story that there's like some creature or creepy man who's like coming around and attacking their children. Um, Can we just talk about like how messed up this is? Well, and I know yeah. we'll touch on it a little bit, but like, yeah, we'll touch on it later <laughs> um, a little bit, like why it actually might be a beneficial thing for kids to like confront the idea of a boogeyman. But, but yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe not a strategy that I plan to use as a parent. <laughs> <laughs> like, Just, don't, if you don't yeah. go to sleep right now. The boogeyman's gonna eat you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just although I, to me. yeah. Although I like had this written in my notes later. Like we do that with a lot of things. Like you know, Santa Claus is always watching you, and like he's gonna be writing down what you do to like so you better be good. And like but that's now, like positive reinforcement. Well, is it though? Because <laughs> you're still. It's like there's still a threat there that if you're bad, like he's you not gonna bring it. you anything. Um, and yeah, or like now you have that little elf on the shelf guy that parents put out. Like he's reporting back to Santa Claus. So I was like, you heard it here. The elf on the shelf is like he's Ooh. taken over for the boogeyman. He's the new boogeyman. He's the new. <laughs> he's the boogeyman for the modern world. <laughs> um, okay. So anyway, so I read this this um, article by William Sapphire. Um, that he wrote for the New York Times in 2004. And I just wanted to read this quote, um, which also relates to, again, kind of like the origin of the name and the origin of the idea of, of a boogeyman. But he says, it's apparent that the boogeyman, uh, bogeyman, and in the U.S. South, boogerman or bugabear, which I love. <laughs> bugabear <laughs> just sounds cute. Um, <laughs> is a monster, evil spirit, hobgoblin, or chimera racing through our language used by nefarious alarmists to frighten small children and innocent voters. So the innocent voter thing was in reference to like there potentially being some like racial, um, like racist origins behind some of these things for some people. Um, but he is known to Germans as Bogleman, to the Irish as Boken, to the Scottish as Bogart, and to Icelanders as li the linguistically related Pookie. 
earliest citation I can find is in Old French around 1200 as Boogieboo, and in the Middle Ages, the dark figure's name became synonymous with the devil, one of whose names was Old Bogey. There could be a connection with the scarifying boo, which I thought was fun. (laughs) That term might actually come from Boogeyman. Um, But anyway, we'll we'll talk more about some of the other names um, and the other cultures, I guess, more specifically later in the episode. But yeah, I just I got really into to that while we were looking into this and just like, yeah, the fact that, you know, most people don't most adults, at least in in Western culture or American culture, don't actually think it's real. But it does like have this these like really pervasive anthropological roots across a lot of right. cultures so yeah 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, so i think you, we, you kind of already talked about this a teeny bit but do you yeah. remember being like really afraid of the boogeyman or like being told stories about boogeyman when you were younger or being threatened with the boogeyman i don't think so i yeah i don't remember um I do not remember my parents like saying anything or threatening anything like that. They definitely let me stay up late and watch X-Files when I was little. And that led to some problems. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It led to some problems. (laughs) (laughs) With me being able to like go up to bed by myself at the end of the night. Um but yeah, I can't I can't remember like having anything specific like that that I was afraid of. Um yeah, I was really freaked out by ET when I was a kid. <laughs> um definitely some X-Files episodes stand out. I remember like when I was pretty little having like a recurring dream where like a tiger was chasing me like around like and it would follow me to like my various friends house and stuff like that but yeah nothing like (laughs) you were the fastest little kid (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah not like not anything boogeyman related i don't know did you have a boogeyman i don't think so i mean i definitely had nights where i thought my life was ending (laughs) one being the one i i talked about earlier and Mm -hmm. i think that's the reason i'm still afraid of the dark um and then i had like one night where i had like a barbie horse that like when you tugged on his head he would neigh yeah and he was in my closet and for those of you who didn't know me as a child i was a nightmare and i was Everywhere I went was a train wreck. Like my bedroom was like up to my like knees and <laughs> trash and clothes. It was gross. Yeah. Um, I so- saw it when I was in this state because <laughs> I started dating Paige's brother when I was 14. And so you were like, I think nine at the time. Yeah. Cause you're six years younger. And yeah, her bedroom was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> now I love to clean. Who knew? But uh, um I had piled everything in my closet so that way my parents thought my room was clean. And ah, yes, that's a classic. <laughs> something must have pushed down on the, the horse's head. So it was like neighing in my closet. At me. <laughs> yeah, it was. That yeah, was I mean, scary. that was probably just like something shifted yeah. in your closet. 
but yeah, I thought something was show. like there. But no, I don't really think I had anything though. Um, listening to so for this episode, I think we both listened to it, right? The scary stories to tell on the pod episode about yes, which was so great. It was very good. Um, they they talked about this as well, and um, they had mentioned one of them had said that they thought that their dog had a boogeyman because like. Their yes. dog had seizures, but it was only at night, which is exactly what happens to our dog. So now I'm convinced <gasps> really? that our dog also has a boogeyman, which I think they then referred to as Barky Man. Barky. Uh, <laughs> so maybe we have a Barky Man. I don't know. Maybe you have a Barky Man. Yeah. That's like totally. I think we had a, my parents had a friend once who used to like when, what you know, dogs will like sometimes randomly just like stare off into space or whatever it's horrifying um, and, you, and you do yeah you like don't know what they're looking at but they're super focused and probably it's just like they're listening to something they hear in the distance that you don't hear but yeah she would say like she would always say to the dogs like oh do you see a ghost <laughs> <laughs> although i do like remember in our house in sylvania which was an older house so this is where um where we lived when um page page's brother and i um started dating and where Paige is from but like I do remember that that there was I mean it was an old house that was like very creaky on its own but like it was it was very creaky upstairs at night sometimes and sometimes the dog would just like stare up the stairs and was like, <laughs> what is this <laughs> so I was really good at freaking myself out in that house um yeah I don't know Barky man. <laughs> Maybe he had a barky man. <laughs> yeah, I think your parents probably learned their lesson though because they um they really freaked Steven out by letting him watch <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> well, did like they he, learn their lesson or did he learn his lesson? Well, he learned a lesson, but like maybe they learned their lesson. Like, don't do this to your kid because <laughs> yeah like they Stephen, i don't know said said was talking some shit that he like wasn't afraid of anything and like he could watch i don't know any movie or something like that and they <laughs> let him watch nightmare on elm street which is like about a dude who murders people in their sleep and it's like do you <laughs> never want your kid to sleep ever again because <laughs> That's how you accomplish that. <laughs> um, yes. Anyway, so know. back to the yeah. boogeyman. <laughs> anyway, back to the back to the boogeyman. Neither of us had specific boogeyman that we were worried about when we were kids. So obviously, you know, we've done a little bit more research on this at this point. But prior to this episode, Megan, what would you have said that the boogeyman looked like? Yeah, so I actually filled this out before I was like really looking into stuff. So um, my idea, I guess, would be like dark shadow figure. So like no defining features except like maybe red eyes or glowing eyes. Um, yeah. And then other than that, I was like for sure convinced that if I was feeling like just sort of creeped out at night, like having all of my hands and feet like underneath the covers and sometimes my face as well was like the surefire <laughs> way to, to be, get rid of him 
to be absolutely protected <laughs> from anything. <laughs> and that's another thing is like periodically, even now, and I'm fucking 32 years old, like I'll have my foot hanging off the edge of the bed and it'll kind of hit me like, what if someone grabs grab it? Me. <laughs> and then I just like put it back on the bed. <laughs> yeah. Mine, my fear has always been like, things hanging off the bed so like my hands mm-hmm. and feet haven't needed to be under the blankets but if they're hanging off the bed then I'm a goner yeah yeah I think now like I've convinced myself like as long as they're on the bed it's okay <laughs> they can be out of the covers but like definitely have to be fully on the bed to be safe <laughs> um okay so what would you say you think that a boogeyman would look like Kind of similar to what you said, dark, shadowy. Um, I actually kind of picture, always pictured like a, like the Oogie Boogie Man <laughs> from <laughs> from Nightmare Before Christmas, like that <laughs> sort of shape. But funny okay. enough, my Boogie Man never had eyes, oh. which is weird, I guess. That might be scarier. With no eyes? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, oh man i don't know i don't know i yeah i just i don't remember having anything super specific when i was younger and it's like maybe i went through a phase when i was young enough that i don't really remember but yeah i don't have any distinct member memories of like you know monsters under the bed or monsters in the closet or anything that i like needed assistance with yeah well (laughs) Basically, I mean, from all the reading I did, at least for like what we know as the boogeyman um, here in the States, it kind of just sounds like everybody says the same thing. Like, oh, dark, shadowy, something, yes. don't really know what it looks like, just kind of a blob. Yeah. Scary looking dude. Yeah. Which, like, <laughs> to me, 100% sounds like... Um, sound just like a lot of people who have experienced sleep paralysis because that's yeah. what people say is like a lot of times people will see like a, like dark shadow figures in the room with them and so I and like yeah they say that sleep paralysis is is actually pretty common so I wonder if that's like where a lot of that comes from it could be I don't know which is maybe scarier than the boogeyman Yes, I'm more scared of sleep paralysis than I am of <laughs> of anything else that we've talked about <laughs> on this entire podcast. <laughs> so awful. Um, moving forward here, but yeah, you had you had written, which I I think is from like one of the some site online, but the <laughs> the amorphous embodim- embodiment of terror. <laughs> just very dramatic but that's like pretty much what it is um i had written down that like maybe like some people or some cultures will say that the boogeyman is a shapeshifter um and i think that's like where um where for example the bogart in harry potter which like hogwarts is supposed to be in scotland or somewhere in scotland i think so that makes sense um so she did her her mythological creature research for that but yeah like it 
changes its form to whatever scares you the most. Um, and that kind of goes along with that in some like European cultures, they say that it wears sheets um, or basically obscures its true appearance in some way. So like nobody, it's like in Harry Potter, nobody really knows what a boggart looks like when it's not transformed into something that is scary to somebody. Um, and the same thing goes for like the character of it in Stephen King's it. Like it's mm. basically just an embodiment of fear or like a personification of fear. Um, and like Paige said, in most stories, it's like stealing or meant to punish children who have been bad. And I think from like an anthropological standpoint, it's basically like people argue it's, it's parents that are just using fear, for the most part, using fear as a disciplinary measure and like as a way to teach children, like some way to basically maintain social order. Um, and I think I had just written down like the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. Like the <laughs> boogeyman is not real, <laughs> but like kids are very much afraid of it. Um, and so I had written down or looked into kind of, you know, what the purpose could be of the boogeyman. And you kind of mentioned this earlier, but yeah, that like, um, I think it was psychologists or anthropologists think that like potentially could date back to, to even earlier times when the middle, than the middle ages, but to a time when like, and even like in the Middle Ages, right? Or even beyond that, it's like your children, like it's not like today where, you know, kids are going to school and like they're not doing a bunch of manual labor or whatever, but like not too long ago and especially further back, like your kids were part of your workforce, right? Like you needed them to survive and stick around to like help your family I don't know, harvest food, work on your farm, do whatever, like help your family survive. And so, you know, it may be sourced in like some way to basically motivate those kids to stick around and like don't go wandering off in the dark woods to like <laughs> get eaten by something or like get lost and never come back. Like don't misbehave and do those things because we need you here. So like we're going to give you the motivation to not do that. <laughs> Um, and then the other side of like that same coin is that, and this is not something that like I at all, because I'm not an anthropologist, so this is not anything that I know to be a fact at all, but I was thinking like maybe it could be rooted in, so like used as a motivator to keep kids with you and keep kids from misbehaving and keep them from getting in trouble so that they sit, stay safe because like you need them to help your family. But like, I think, um, and I mean, kids, kids disappear today, right? Like there are obviously kidnappings and, and problems with track trafficking and everything. But I think we're all like much more aware of that or like we know what's going on. Whereas like maybe, you know, people didn't have this concept of like, oh, there are like serial killers who like kill children or like, it's just a time where like parents um, knew that like their kids could like get sick and die much more frequently or much more easily or like they could sort of just disappear. Something could happen to them. Like they're living much more dangerous lives than we 
like have children live today. So like this way of like, I don't know, parents. Like an explanation like, for why the children are. Right. Like, yeah. Like a, like the a way for like, like for parents to basically like personify that fear of like what, what could happen to their kids or like, you know, again, it's this way where they can point to the fact like, Oh, little Jimmy, like disappeared. We don't know where he is. Like the boogeyman got him. So like you better behave because he was off doing something that he shouldn't have been doing. Um, yeah. And even like as a coping mechanism as something to look for something to blame. Yeah. That makes sense to me. Right. Well, and like that even, you know, goes into like, I guess I thought of it because I know like there's other mythology about creatures like fairies, for example, like in um, in like Scottish folklore, they'll say that fairies it was it was basically a way for them to explain infant mortality. Like if they had a kid, a baby who was like failing to basically failing to thrive like you know today we'd say like wasn't gaining weight like it was just very sickly which obviously would have been very common you know not that long ago um and so they they would basically some people would believe that like the baby was a changeling like the fairies had like swapped it and like stolen the baby and left behind like this baby that wasn't really theirs so, yeah, like, it's just this way for, like, the parents to explain, like, oh, like, this isn't, this isn't really my baby. Like, this isn't my fault. The fairies did this, you know? Right. So, anyway, huh. it's I very depressing. That, <laughs> that is very depressing. <laughs> anyway, though. Yeah, this ended up being, like, I was like, oh, fun. We'll do the boogeyman. Like, you know, this is going to be fun because, like, no one really believes in it. And then I was thinking about, like, some of the roots of, like, where the stories might come from. And I was like, this is sad. Like. <laughs> <laughs> this is probably because of very sad things. Um, okay. So then finally, like a more modern interpretation of the boogeyman. Um, I read this Scientific American article by uh, Crystal DaCosta called What's the Boogeyman? And she basically argued in this article that essentially the boogeyman is just a developmental thing. Like it's a, it's a stage that kids have to go through. Um, to sort of learn how to process abstract thoughts like like the feeling of fear or abstract feelings like the feeling of fear. Um, so that at the ages of around like two or three years old, which I think you had said before is like when kids tend to get like an imaginary friend. But well, that sounds about right. I think so. Um, <laughs> but I guess like at that age, and some of this is is supplemented from that scary st- stories we tell on the pod podcast. He did a really good summary of this, but apparently, it's it's important at that age um, for kids that kind of these abstract ideas of like comfort or fear or whatever are like put into into what you might call totems or like physical things. So so um, in that podcast episode he mentions like oh like this is the time when children develop these really strong connections to stuffed animals because like that stuffed animal to them like is a physical thing that represents comfort when their parents aren't around and so then 
this idea of a boogeyman, like basically they're taking like this idea of fear or danger, like an, a feeling or, or a, a, yeah, like a feeling or idea like they can't really, like their brains can't really process yet what that means. So they, they focus that idea into like, they personify it into something like a physical boogeyman. And it gives them but, like a safe way to do it without actually having to scare them. Exactly. Yeah. And like in some cases, it's like you were saying, like, why would you do this to your kid? But like in some cases, you know, it's like the parents (laughs) introduce it, but it's like not necessarily a bad thing because like the parent can then tell them like, oh, the boogeyman is not real, like and allows the kid to develop some like feeling of agency over that fear. Like they can say like, oh, I feel scared. But, like, I know that it's not real. I know that I don't need to be afraid of this. So it helps them process that emotion. And then that really reminded me, uh, and this is, again, a thing, like, I'm not, <laughs> like oh, I said repeatedly. No. You know Sorry. what I want to, yeah, you're I looking at my notes. <laughs> I just looked at it. This is, um, a- yes. So it's like I said, like, this episode got much, or the notes for this, like, got much more intense slash sad slash scary than I expected that they would be. Um, So that really reminded me of this very sad episode of the show, The Haunting of Hill House, where you have this little girl who's in foster care who tells one of the characters who's a social worker. And if you haven't watched that show, again, it's another thing that is like, oh, if you like scary stuff, it is a must watch. But there's this little girl who's in foster care. She's telling the social worker character about um, basically a boogeyman figure who she calls Mr. Smiley, um, who visits her at night. And what it turns out to be is, like, it's her personifying... um, or kind of her like dissociating or dealing with this trauma of her foster dad abusing her. So like the the character, the social worker character is able to figure that out. So like what I was thinking was like, I wonder if in some cases the boogeyman is like, yeah, like kids can't process, you know, these abstract emotions or feelings like fear or they're learning to process those. So like, you know, is this a way that children like dissociate or like deal with with traumas that they're experiencing? Um, although again, like like I said in the <laughs> the demons episode, like I said before, like I'm not a psychologist, I'm not an anthropologist, I have no idea. <laughs> um, well, but, I mean, like that does happen though. So like even if yeah, it's not yeah, the like, boogeyman, like, like it still exists. That's still right. Happens. Like it it definitely reminded me of that. Um, and yeah, but like if you have a kid and they have like a boogeyman figure, like do not think that like, (laughs) don't think that they're experiencing some sort of trauma because like, I think this article like says like, it's a perfectly normal developmental thing for kids to, to have a like personified fear figure like that. So yeah. (laughs) I wonder like if the folk tales of boogeyman didn't exist, like what kids would turn to or like how kids would process or if they just like wouldn't (laughs) you know what I mean yeah I mean like I'm sure there would be something else but like would they just be 
I mean, I yeah, I don't know. I think that's like I think that's just where the folktales probably come from, though, right? Like at some point, at some point, some like a kid, kid kind of made it up. Yeah, yeah like some is. kid like told their parents, like, "Oh, this man like visited me while I was sleeping, and like he was gonna eat me or hurt me or something like that." Or again, it's like, yeah, either the kid said something to them. Because, yeah, they'd, like, developed this figure or imagined this figure for themselves. Or, again, it's like I said, it was, like, a way to to explain, you know, Some terrible things happening to life. kids. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's, it, this, it, it's weird. <laughs> the boogeyman might actually just be a really sad topic. It is sort of sad. <laughs> to think about but i think it's also just like sad because you know i'm sitting here thinking like oh my kid is you know gonna be two or three years old and not too long and it's like she's gonna have to learn how to process these emotions <laughs> so that was like really bumming me out <laughs> uh will you tell her about the boogeyman no, I'm not gonna. It's like I said, I'm not gonna take that parenting approach of like scaring the <laughs> shit out of her to get her to, yeah. And that seems like it could backfire too, right? Like they just, yeah, they could. Um, you think like, oh, if you don't go to sleep, the boogeyman's gonna get you, but it's like then right, you just but then create how do you a sleep? kid who's terrified because they think that like. Like, if they wake up in the night, I guarantee that kid is like, oh, my God, he's coming. And then they freak out and they wake you up in the middle of the night or come, you know, crawl into bed with you. So I just feel like scaring a kid (laughs) isn't a good way to get them to sleep. Yes. Scaring as a disciplinary measure, probably not. Not a great idea. (laughs) (laughs) But I think like times are much more well the current world situation aside and like you know obviously there are still very terrible things going on in the world but generally you know for children the world is a much at least in america the world is a much gentler place than it might have been a while ago like if it was a matter of like my kid's gonna walk off into the woods and get like eaten by a bear if i'm not paying attention to them like you better fucking believe i'm gonna tell them scare the shit out of them (laughs) don't go out into the woods the boogeyman's gonna get you to like keep them here and keep them safe so but then again you know i say the world's a more gentle place but it's like people are out there snatching kids still so you know so i don't know (laughs) this is really bumming me out right now (laughs) All right, well, that's it for episode eight. (laughs) Relive all of your childhood trauma right now and imagine the trauma your child's going to experience. Oh, no. Super fun times. Um, Okay. Well, you know, moving on. All right. So we already talked about um, what the boogeyman looks like here in the U.S., uh, it does sort of depend a little bit on region by like what the boogeyman does or how the boogeyman appears. But one thing seems to stay pretty. Um, so one thing seems like pretty common between all of the boogeymen and at least in the States is that they usually hide under the bed in a closet. Um, 
one thing that I don't know, that I, one thing I didn't know until reading this is apparently a lot of people are afraid that the boogeyman's going to tickle them while they're sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> which really just sounds creepy to me yes like, like that <laughs> that's maybe the creepiest iteration of the right <laughs> right he'll just tickle you while you're sleeping um yeah. oh yeah, that so reminds me there are so many pop culture things that are like sort of like boogeyman or boogeyman adjacent um did you watch on netflix that adaptation of um gerald's game I haven't yet, but I want to. Oh, all right. Well, never mind. I've then. heard it's very good. <laughs> it's and really, I, really good. And it's the guy who did yeah. um, who did Haunting of Hill House. So, like, He's we've so watched, talented. Yes. We've watched, like, all of his stuff. But it's so good. But I'm not going to tell you what I was going to say because you haven't seen it yet. <laughs> so never mind. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <I'll> just, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it this week sometime um but like maybe not by yourself (laughs) okay (laughs) okay (laughs) um so then i picked just like two boogeymen that i read about um that are like related to our boogeyman or at least have you know similar i guess children eating habits uh (laughs) in other cultures so the first one that i was going to mention um is the boogeyman in egypt and i i I would love to try to pretend that i knew how to say his name but i will instead tell you that it translates because i will totally murder it um it translates to the man with the burnt skinned leg uh it's apparently a monster who the story is the monster got burnt when he was a child because he disobeyed his parents so now he goes to children's homes and he grabs naughty children and he goes home and cooks them and eats them which (laughs) is i mean terrifying but you said you read a little bit about albert fish right just like a little uh, bit. Yes. So, but obviously that st- story would be scary. But what's scarier is that there was like a real life version of this. Now, I don't think Albert Fish had a skinned burnt leg. Um, and I won't go too yeah. far into well, it because it's really more like, like a... wasn't from Egypt, so... Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Albert Fish doesn't really sound like <laughs> an Egyptian name. <laughs> um... But he, so Albert Fish, just a really quick thing, he kidnapped children, took them to his his house, and then would eat them, and then, like, write letters, I guess, to the children's parents, like, about how he ate their kids, which is... Ew, I did not hear that. That's fucking gross. Yeah, fucking terrible. <laughs> this episode is just, like, <laughs> a whole lot of, like, what the fuck? <laughs> so i mean it's very like i thought it was very interesting to look into it and yeah but also yeah it's depressing <laughs> <laughs> so uh that's the man with the burnt leg and then albert fish i'm not going to talk much about albert fish but if you're interested in true crime at all you should go read about him because it's <laughs> interesting terrifying disgusting but interesting um and then there's El Cuco, which is like the like Spanish version of 
boogeyman. And apparently there's an episode of, have you watched The Outsider? I have not, but it's like, I don't know. There's there's so many shows to watch. <laughs> there really are. I haven't yeah. either, but apparently El Cuco makes a an appearance in one of the episodes, episode oh, four. So okay. if you've watched that, well, that's the boogeyman we're talking about. Okay, so El Cuco um, steals and it says possibly eats misbehaving children, but based off of everything <laughs> I read, I think that like El Cuco definitely eats misbehaving children. <laughs> um, there's like several... Like you do. What's that? Like you do, you know. <laughs> right. Um, there are several lullabies that parents will tell their children as a warning. And this is where it just starts to feel like a little too mean to me. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. The, the lullaby has changed some over years, um, but the, re- the meaning remains the same. So one of the ones that I wrote down was, sleep child, sleep now, else Cuckoo comes and will eat you. <laughs> <laughs> so yes definitely would want to hear <laughs> right five years old bed. and like trying to get sleepy for bed that's like a lot of lullabies though like they the origins of them are like super fucked up oh that's so. that's fair that's fair yeah um el cuco is a known shapeshifter sometimes People describe him as a cloaked man um sometimes a female dragon which is that's- El a lot Kuka. of variation there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. Sometimes a hairy goblin monster. <laughs> One of those three things. Sure. Um, those three El- things are not different at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, El Cuco, much like our boogeyman, hides under beds and closets for children who won't sleep eat or refuse to stay away from dangerous places, uh, but does state that the naughtier the behavior of the child, the hungrier El Cuco grows. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) So I just, Uh, I thought those two were especially creepy. Yes. Yes. Yeah, those are good ones. And I didn't look (laughs) up any specific ones um, because I just got so focused on like how cool the, the, um, etymology of the name was um but some other names that you might hear um are jumby boot krampus der schwarzman baba yaga and that's just like a short number of them like because they're like boogeymen are in every culture and a lot of times it'll like sound somewhat similar to the word boogeyman it'll just be slightly different um but yeah, like they're they're everywhere. And like I thought Krampus was especially funny that like that shows up as a boogeyman figure. But I was like, well, it does make sense. Like yeah. he's watching what you do because he's like the anti Santa Claus. He's watching what you do and he'll like take you away if you misbehave. So Der Schwarzemann. Der Schwarzemann. I forget what that stood for. I had it's just the it boogeyman. Down. Oh, it's just the boogeyman. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Or bogeyman, really. Bogeyman. Yeah, I don't know. Do, do British people pronounce it bogeyman? They must. Yeah, I mean, I would think so. But, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, it's very common in so many different cultures. It's very common in pop culture. Um, and, yeah, it's potentially the most depressing thing that we've talked about on this podcast 
and I did not really realize that that would be the case. <laughs> so we're going to continue that trend. <laughs> yeah, because this is about to get even more depressing, guys. Strap in. <laughs> Literally the next two things are even more depressing. Um, okay. So I, like when we started thinking about what I wanted to look into for the boogeyman, so I guess I did look into a specific one. Um, but I thought of Slenderman. Slenderman is like a boogeyman for the technological age. So he was actually created as like, I don't know, people call it creepy pasta when it's like online scary stories. <laughs> um, but he was created online in 2009 um, as part of a actual a Photoshop contest thread in the Something Awful forums by a man named Eric Knudsen. Knudsen? I don't know. Um, but under the username Victor Surge. The contest invited users to create paranormal images through Photoshop. And Surge posted two photos of a tall, shadowy figure haunting children at play. And, like, basically it all takes off from there like there's a slender man movie there's like a video game there's the video like, game is terrifying yeah i thought it looked like fun but there's like <laughs> yeah there's a ton of stuff online like people have written all these stories and like developed this like basically mythology for him um but like the stories according to wikipedia commonly feature him stalking abducting or traumatizing people particularly children so like he's a boogeyman right right <laughs> Yeah. Um, and there was an interesting episode of Monster Talk where they talked about Slender Man. Um, and I had heard it mentioned elsewhere. Um, the idea that like he could now be what's referred to as a tulpa. Um, so a tulpa is this basically rooted in this um, belief, this this Buddhist belief Um in this idea of like basically that you can will thoughts into like into life so like you can like manifest your thoughts so in the case of slender man like yeah basically it's a concept in mysticism again this is from wikipedia and the paranormal of a being or object which is created through spiritual or mental powers. So you're willing something into to being. And um, I think this originates from like early Buddhist texts in Tibet. Um, but Wikipedia also mentions Indian um, Buddhists and uh, the, the, I guess, an idea that was adapted, it says, by 20th century theosophists from Tibetan, from this Tibetan idea Again, the term means emanation or manifestation. Um, modern practitioners use the term to refer to a type of willed imaginary friend, which practitioners consider to be sentient and relatively autonomous. So, yeah. So, like, I guess some people have this idea that, like, Slenderman has essentially been made real because so many people believe in him. Like, they've created him as a real thing. <laughs> So, which, like, obviously, you know. That's kind of true really... with everything like this, though, right? Like, if you if there's enough people believing in it, then, like, in some, yes. it kind of exists. I mean, same with the boogeyman. 
Exactly. Yeah. And that's like exactly what I had written down is like because people believe that it's real, like it sort of becomes real and like takes on its own life. And yeah, like I think that's true for so many things that we have talked about. Um, And especially in the fact that like Slenderman has inspired some like very scary behavior in people. So um, the there's an HBO documentary on Slender Man from a year or two ago, um, which focuses on the stabbing of a 12-year-old girl in Wisconsin in 2014 um, who was lured into the woods by her two best friends um, who claimed that Slender Man told them that, like, they had to kill her um, basically in order to, like, save their own lives and save their families. So... Yeah. So it's like, it just all lends to me, like lends credence to this idea that it's like, there are real things and people do things that are like much more scary than these fictional characters or mythological beings. But like, it's this, the boogeyman, slender man, you know, you might even argue demons are basically this way of like compartmentalizing that fear for people or, you know. I, yeah. Yeah. That's what you were saying. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's, like, very – it's very heavy. <laughs> I'm ready for a nap. <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> Here I thought it would be, like, boogeyman. Like, I know. Well, I thought it was going to be, like, well, short, kids are idiots. <laughs> it's like, oh, my God. Life. It's them learning to deal with their fear. Right. Well, I went to this whole thing like parents are just assholes, which like I still sort of believe. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But but also it's not just parents being assholes. But then it's like, yeah, the question that you asked, like if parents like if there wasn't the myth or like if parents didn't tell their kids, would there be a boogeyman? And it's like, I think there would be for sure for because of like. It just wouldn't be called Boogeyman. It'd be called the Yeah, it just, like, (laughs) might not be referred to as the Boogeyman, but, like, I think there would still be, like, people created Slender Man not that long ago. And, like, yeah. So. (laughs) (laughs) That's the Boogeyman, people. So that's the Boogeyman. Um, So we're going to stay on that pretty depressing Boogeyman theme for our short and spooky this week. Yay! So one of the boogeymen um, in popular culture is Freddy Krueger. Um, and yeah, I guess like he's a little bit different because he, you know, exists in your dreams basically and can kill you in your dreams. But um, what I didn't realize is that um, is that Freddy Krueger was inspired by true events which like i know sounds kind of crazy but um yeah it was inspired by true events so there was this um so there's this quote from Wes craven who's the one who made nightmare on elm street and so he had read this article um and i'll just read the quote from him because it describes how he got this inspiration but he said I'd read an article in the LA Times about a family who had escaped the killing fields in Cambodia and managed to get to the U.S. So, yeah, the killing fields, like, obviously related to the um, genocide that happened 
in Cambodia. So obviously people who had lived through something very traumatic. So he continues, things were fine. And then suddenly the young son was having very disturbing nightmares. He told his parents he was afraid that if he slept, the thing chasing him would get him. So he tried to stay awake for days at a time. When he finally fell asleep, I know, when he finally fell asleep, his parents thought this crisis was over. Then they heard screams in the middle of the night. By the time they got to him, he was dead. He died in the middle of a nightmare. Here was a youngster having a vision of a horror that everyone older was denying. That became the central line of Nightmare on Elm Street. I have chills. I know. It's fucking terrifying. Um, And I read this and I was like, I'm already freaked out by... Okay, well, I'm already freaked out by sleep paralysis and that like potentially plays into this. Um, So this his death was one of these um basically part of this series of deaths that occurred in the late 1970s to 1980s um in basically otherwise healthy male immigrants from Vietnam, Laos and Cambodia um and primarily it affected um Hmong refugees which were people of Laotian origin Um, who fought for the Americans in the Vietnam War, but they experienced what they call sudden nocturnal death syndrome, um, which is abbreviated as SUNS. So basically just like an adult version of SIDS, I think. Um, Yeah, and, and primarily affected these East Asian immigrants. So... Oh, so crazy. Um, but this information comes from this article um, by Dr. Arif Akhtar um, called Some, which is in Medium, called Some Nightmares Are Real, The Mysterious Deaths That Inspired a Nightmare on Elm Street. And so they think that there are like a combo of things that may have contributed. So first, um, they think that these people may have been experiencing sleep paralysis, which if you are prone to sleep paralysis, stress can be a trigger. And they think that potentially this combined with like undiagnosed heart problems in these people, um, they're coming from these, you know, some of them are refugees, like coming from, you know, a country where they, they were, there was like genocide happening. So they may have been suffering from PTSD. So like obviously very stressed out. Um, people may have been like this little boy avoiding sleep and like basically setting alarms. Like I've read somewhere that they were like setting alarms every certain period to like keep themselves from falling into REM sleep. And so like, that's not great (laughs) for your body. So, you know, that can definitely fuck with, you know, I think it can fuck with like your heart and like various systems in your body. Um, And, you know, I think it probably just makes, like, you more likely to experience sleep paralysis, like, the more stressed out and the more tired you get. And then the last thing that they think may have, um, or last big thing they think may have contributed were cultural factors. So since they had left their native country, they, um, these, these refugees, you know, had the strong belief that they needed to, um, basically make offerings, I think, to spirits or to their ancestors' spirits. 
um, that since they had left their native country, they no longer had like their their spirits couldn't travel with them their ancestor spirits couldn't travel with them so they no longer had this protection and that evil spirits in their culture now had access to them so one of these was a spirit dacho which is actually or spelled d-u-b-t-s-o-g so thank goodness the article included the pronunciation but it's pronounced dacho um, is a spirit, an evil spirit that came in at night and primarily was thought to attack men. So it was, it was holding the men in the family accountable for, I don't know, whatever transgression or for not, you know, making the offering that they should have um, to that spirit. So, so basically they think like it could have been a combination of these things, right? Like they had this sort of like cultural thing where they believed that there was a spirit that was attacking them. They're experiencing a lot of stress because of the situation that they're in. They think maybe like there could have been like some sort of environmental trigger, like they had some sort of dietary deficiency that like, because they're coming from, um, you know, poor countries, like that, that went away as they spent more time in the U.S. and had a better diet. So they don't really know, like, why this happened and why it stopped. But it is, I mean, these people essentially scared themselves to death. Like, they, <laughs> they scared themselves to death with the nightmares that they were having, which is terrifying. <laughs> That's my new nightmare. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so scary which is that's funny that's a funny thing to say because i think one of the um i think one of the uh nightmare on elm street sequels is like called new nightmare or something (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so that is your short and spooky you can you can scare yourself to death in your sleep. Try to sleep tonight. Good luck. Yeah. So so good luck. <laughs> good luck sleeping tonight. I'm gonna have a hard time sleeping tonight. <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch like a Disney movie or something. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah. You want to take us out there, Paige? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, that wraps up episode eight on the Boogeyman. Tune in next time for our special. Q&A episode while you get to know the sisters. If you like this episode, hit subscribe and share with a friend. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Spooky SciPod, Facebook at Spooky Science Sisters, and at our website, SpookySciencesisters.com. If you have any questions about previous topics or ideas for future episodes, email us at SpookySciencesisters at gmail.com. As always, thanks for listening and stay spooky. I'm Paige. And I'm Megan. And this is Spooky Science Sisters. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all? And you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, 
my story from my perspective, because I know you'll hear other versions, because I want you to have a chance to believe mine, or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing.